Welcome to No Do Ideas Original Sports. I'm here with Theon Reem. How y'all doing this week? Oh, it's good, bros. Doing good, doing good. So, before we got on, I guess we should just continue. <laughs> we are having a conversation about the boxing matches last night. So, um, Canelo and uh, what's him, uh, what I think, but again, I think it's definitely got to be the knockout of the year so far. Whatever. Um, what's him? Theo, you continue talking about it because, we, like we said, I don't think that fight was on Canelo's level. Yeah, the, the, his opponent, you know, I guess uh, he fought last night was, was definitely not his level at all. At all, I, I think she never ended up being in the ring with him. But, uh, you know, Canelo has his own business now, Canelo Promotions, he's trying to get that bag, he's trying to be active, so to speak. But uh, that wasn't a good fight for himself, you know, for his resume. He didn't look good. That wasn't, wasn't his point level at all. You know, the guy was toppling the good around, doing no punches, so he was done. Based on body shots, too, as well. Yeah. The guy can't even go five rounds with you. Third round through the towel. And when it's caught through the towel, there was no complaints, no fight. Like, why are you doing this like that? He didn't work. But the level of cop was very low. And I'm, I'm, I'm not even mad at him. I, I don't know, but I'm kind of disappointed. I can't know that. He should be no better. Yeah. For me, I didn't see it live. Um, but of course, I seen the, the aftermath of it. I read about it. Um, and I agree with what you said, you know. And I think I read, or, or may have even heard, that this was this Canelo's fast, fastest knockout. I know before it was definitely the third round, but I don't. It was. You say it was second fastest in the last eight, ten years. Second fastest. Yeah. So, like you said, I I agree. Uh, um, it doesn't seem like again. I didn't see it live, but it doesn't seem like the guy was on his level. Um, I am happy, I guess, that that Ello is doing his own thing in terms of promotion. Um, I always like to see uh, these different um, guys basically take control of their their own careers. That part is a good thing. I just think it, it may have been even better if he would have opened up uh, his own promotion, so to speak, with a bigger uh, bigger challenge. Uh, on that note, I don't know what what is a bigger challenge. You know, I don't know who's out there. Um, that is on his level, so to speak. Yeah, well, well, he already has a, site, a fight coming up in May 8th against uh, Benito Joe Santos. So, yeah. as far as like, as far as a name and a, and a very popular opponent, top 10 opponent in the division, it's a very good fight. So, shit. Yeah. I mean, I look at it, I don't know if being a promoter is a good thing because the way this whole promotion game is playing is like, you almost have to be in with guys. Like, he might have put himself in a position now where. He's got to take less of fights, so he's got to take less money to fight people and all types of stuff because there's maybe like three or four, three or four um, groups that kind of run all the boxing. Right. And they basically yeah. they make the fights. I mean, that guy that he fought obviously wasn't wasn't at the level, but it might be hard for him to get those type of uh, big time mega fights unless he's going to take concessions with. Whereas if he was still, well, I think who was he? He was the top rank of Golden Boy. Golden Boy. He's with Golden Boy. Golden Boy could at least get him like those better splits and get him to the table on some of these things. I don't know if he'll be able to get there on his own and what the split, you know, what the split will be like or no. I mean, I get the whole thing not wanting to pay somebody else to do it. That makes sense, but if that person going to get you to the table when you can't, so it, it's going to be interesting about Canelo. 
But I would say this: that the, I mean, it wasn't much of a fight, but the the brothers fight. <laughs> it wasn't much of a fight, but I mean, anytime you see a guy get knocked down, fall forward, it's it's, it's always bad. The, the, the forward fall. I mean, that's definitely got to be the knockout right now of the year. I mean, you guys got a chance to check that one out. Yeah, I, I seen that. Like you said, the guy was kind of like lunging forward, um, off balance, and ended up getting caught. Looked a little tired. I still think the knockout of the year, though, even though it wasn't quote unquote a professional fight, had to be Nate Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> knockout again, not professional, but I think that one had to be uh, had to be the knockout of the year. But Valdez one was.
this is happening often as well too. Yeah. Um, as far as Kobe concerned, I'm not a fans. On, um, Kobe's death is hurtful. Uh, it's tragic, and um, I don't think he's beloved because he died. He's living. Yeah. Be an issue at all. And if he was living, if he was broken, who should be? He'll be middle of the bottom of order behind Jordan and Kareem. Maybe what you're talking about. So, because yeah. too, if everything's logo, the first thing that was put in my mind is passing away the way he passed. Yeah, 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 yeah that's true too. I want to be the first thing that I have of him when I see the logo on somebody's jersey in the streets in the park or on TV. You know, but, uh, even that, I, you know, if there will be a change, it should be Michael Jordan. And uh, I think it will be his favorite Michael Jordan. Um, what I would say, I know too, is that maybe um, the league could name uh, off like an MVP trophy. Yeah. Or Brian trophy. Like that, I've got, you know, at the end of the game, guys are real competitive, want to win. If you put Brian name that trophy, you know, the all-star game, play Brian all-star game trophy MVP, they're going to fight for that, man. Did they make that change? Huh? Did they make that change or? I don't think so. No. The environment, the All Weekend is a, is a good atmosphere. You know, family atmosphere, you know what I'm saying, for the celebrator's life. He died, it didn't take around our time too as well. The environment is fitting, it makes sense. And uh, I'm not I'm not opposed to that at all. I'm more opposed to him the local, but as far as him and the All Star Game MVP trophy, Cody Bryant, I'm all for that. Yeah, for some reason, I thought they did. Uh, I, thought, I, I agree with you. I think I, I will feel better with them naming an award after them, the logo. I mean, like the, the All-Star Game MVP. And, and you know what they always talk about? You know how they always talk about the whole situation of the league MVP versus the most valuable, you know, the most important versus the most valuable player? If you wanted to come up with another award that just like rewarded somebody for statistics or something or, or any type of award or something, that, that would be better than being a logo. Because the logo, I mean, the, I think once you start changing it, it's going to start this whole thing, you know, and, and like you said, you don't want to hold a logo based on somebody passing away or something because it turns from a logo to kind of like a memorial or something. And that's, 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 yeah. not, that's not the best way to, to, to make it. Maybe have uh, like the scoring champion, like the, whoever leads the league in scoring wins a Kobe Bryant award or something, right? Since he was known for, obviously, for scoring. Um, so maybe something like that, whoever leads the league in scoring gets the some type of Kobe Bryant awards. I think that's a more respectful way to do it, like you said, Dion, and, and naming the uh, 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 changing the logo to Kobe Bryant because then, uh, like you said, Kenyatta, it almost gives that memorial feel to it. That's not necessarily the way I want to remember Kobe. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just to transition, we started talking about like the All Star Game and the All Star Awards. I mean, a, a different thing. I would say this: I'm happy to hear that Julius Randle made the All Star Game. I think he deserved it. You know, I think the coaches did a good job of getting them in there. You know, you know, the, sometimes they get it wrong, but I think in this case they got it right. What do you guys think? Yeah, as a Knicks fan, I'm used to disappointment. So I speak to, I was, as much as I wanted Randall in, I was already kind of setting myself up for that disappointment again, but I, I was excited to see him get the nod. Um, 
I thought maybe if anybody they would, he ended up getting in as well. Uh, but I thought maybe they would uh, pick like Sonis over Randall, given that they play like the same positions. And I thought maybe Sabonis would get in over him. But I was excited to see Randall get in. Um, and it's strange for me to say that because as a Knicks fan last year, I went from wanting to see Randall get traded to <laughs> hoping we keep him now. Um, and not just because he made an all-star game, even if he didn't make the all-star game, um, the guy has just completely, under Thibs, uh, transformed his game. Um, he's playing a lot more unselfish, a lot more productive in terms of efficiency, uh, getting his teammates involved. So, yeah, I, like you said, I think they got it right this time with, with Randall making the all-star game. And as a side note, I was also happy to see uh, uh, Levine get in as well. That was good to see. Yeah, we you on point as usual. Um, I can't add much to what you just said. As a big fan, I'm very happy to see uh, Jersey from All-Star game. He was definitely deserving. If he didn't make the team, he was still deserving of how he played. But uh, as you, I just said, shout out to I can't add on what you just said, but uh, he's not before him. So, is deserving too as well. But maybe, maybe even the Beatles are also deserving as well. Maybe this, this year, uh, the I agree with you. I definitely agree with you, Dean. You know, I think it's funny, too. I think that a lot of times, too, some of these guys will need something, too, because I think some of these guys having their contracts, if they make it certain levels and certain things, they get rewarded, too. So when you're on the fringe and you're just not getting in and stuff like that, I'm, I'm sure it hurts. I, Zach Levine getting in from a numbers perspective, you you could see that. But I wouldn't have been surprised if he didn't get in. Same yeah. thing with, um, with Randall. I mean, look at the company he's in as far as, like, you know, his statistics. It's like a no-brainer. But, again, it's one of those things where I think to some extent, like, you get a lot of guys that get kind of grandfathered into the game and listen and stuff yeah. like that. But if you if you look at it again with that expanded roster, I mean, it's kind of hard to say like a guy like Trey Young that's averaging like 27 points and I think nine assists that he's not in the game. I, I think it's more so about that roster and stuff like that. And I do think yeah. that they look at which they should. I do think they look like how, at how your team's trending. So the Knicks the Knicks are going in the right direction. Atlanta's kind of stagnant. You know, they they're not as consistent as the Knicks. So. I think, you know, winning or at least moving in the right direction does count. Is there any guys that you guys think were, like, clearly, like, all-star snubs? Because I, I had a person at work tell me that they, they thought Mike Conley should have made it. And I looked at him, I'm like, I don't understand what was this whole, you know, whole campaign for Mike Conley. I mean, I, I personally don't see who he could, like, when somebody tells me that somebody else should have made it, my answer is already, my, my answer is always, so who shouldn't have made it so that that person could make it? Yeah, I, I think Mike Conley getting in. And again, Mike Conley's having a good year. He's playing 
for uh, the team with the best record in the league um, so far. But like you said, uh, I don't see who in the West, um, even if he was in the East, to be honest with you, I don't see who he would have beat out or should have beat out. Um, so, yeah, I don't agree with Mike Conley. As far as snubs in general, um, I think they did a, a pretty good job this year getting it right. Like Theo mentioned, it would have been uh, even better with an expanded roster because some guys um, were deserving, but even the guys that were deserving, like you mentioned, Trey Young, uh, and I think he'd be definitely an all-star this year, but who, I don't know who he would have replaced. Um, so yeah, Mike Conley, I don't I don't agree with him necessarily getting that. I like the idea of expanding the roster so that more people um, serve to, to be all-stars to get in. Even with an expanded roster as it pertains to Mike Conley, I still don't know if I would have picked him honest with you, even though he is happy, yeah, still don't think I would have picked Tom. Um, another thing I found interesting was uh, supposedly as KD's replacement, um, they reached out to um, Jimmy Butler, from, from my understanding, and Jimmy Butler supposedly turned it down uh, because he felt Adebayo should have been there. And to be honest with you, I don't think either one of them should have been there. Um, again, Adebayo has been playing good, but I don't know unless you're just grandfathering him in from last year because he had a, a hell of a year. Who, who should he have beat out? Because I wouldn't have picked him over Randall or Simone since she had a bio. Um, so yeah, it's always interesting with some of these, these all-star moments. I mean, for me, I think there's something missing there. Like, Jimmy Butler, don't, shouldn't you have to play a certain amount of games to even qualify to play in an all-star game? I would, I would agree, yeah, I would think so. I would agree with that. You know, as I get older in, in talking sports, as I get older in life, I, I learned how to not talk sports with everybody. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> and a guy like who thinks Mike Conley thinks deserves to be there, I'm not talking about him. Him or her. But I will make an effort to avoid talking sports with Chris Middleton, I like him. Yeah. I don't think Bam is bad. I don't think Butler deserving. Um, but one guy I would say Chris Middleton, he's been very consistent having a good year. Yeah. yeah. Guys, two, a quick question real quick. Let's say if he did have 15 openings, does Lonzo Ball, does um, Romelo, does Melo Ball make sense? Uh. You know what's funny? Now that you bring that, now that you bring that up, thinking about that team, I don't right, know if Melo makes it. If it's fifteen, yeah. does, does he get 15, in? And from a, from an extra, he might. But if you look at it, you look at those numbers. Nobody mentioned Terry Rozier or Gordon Hayward. Right. And That's they true too. Yeah. Too. I would put them ahead of Bam, Bam, and Jimmy Butler too. Great. Great. Yeah. Agreed. And yeah, forget about Mike Conley. I don't know who. I don't know why. You know what I'm saying? Respect yeah. it out. But, you know, I can't talk to no more about sports. Yeah, Mike Conley. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's got to be one of those. That would have to be one of those, like, your team is winning. Let's give them extra all-stars. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would agree. That's almost like the opposite of, of what happened to Levine a, a couple of times and Bradley Bill, where they were penalized for being on losing teams. Losing teams, yeah. It's the exact opposite. Now we want to over-reward guys for being on winning teams. Right. You know what? 
fan. Hold up, before you change subject. I'm not saying he deserves it, but he's playing well. What do you think about uh, that, this, that kid playing off for the Bulls? Oh, he played for North Carolina. Kobe what? That kid's a problem. He not oh, deserves yeah, it, no, though. No, no, he's... Let me tell you, he's another guy that... that He's another guy that, if you know, you expand the roster, you got to give consideration to because the Bulls quietly, I didn't realize this, and you know, and like you said, you know, you were just talking about basketball, the Bulls are the sixth seed, aren't they? Or something like yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Bulls, the Chicago Bulls would be the sixth seed right now. When's the last time you heard that, that the Bulls was any type of seed in the playoffs? Mm-hmm. So, they got something going yeah, they've been playing well. So you definitely gotta you definitely gotta consider them. And then if you actually breathe in again, I'm gonna put it on the Conley line. If you ever even mention Conley, then you gotta mention you gotta mention Conley. Right. I just checked it out over here. They're, they're still up in in the playoffs, but they uh they slipped down to the eighth seed bowl. Oh, okay. But uh, yeah, the moment they're eighth seed, but still, like you said, when is the last time you heard the Chicago Bulls this late in the season and still, you know, relatively early being in playoff contention. Same thing with the Knicks. The Knicks are currently yeah. fourth seed, um yeah. tied for fourth anyway with Toronto. Um and when's the last time you heard that? Right. And, and the Knicks are going in the right direction. I think Toronto's going in the opposite direction. I mean, again, you know, there's a lot of guys that expanded roster. Maybe, maybe John Moran might have got a shot. His roster's expanded. Yeah, potentially. Did Jamal year. Murray make it? Nah, he didn't have that good a season in the first half. Yeah, he, he didn't play too well. I know joking, but he's automatic, man. Yeah, yeah, he he's an MVP candidate, I think. Which is strange too, because you'll have certain guys who are in the MVP talks and barely making it to the to the All Star game. You know? um, it's always interesting there too, because uh, fans have a huge say in the starters. Coaches obviously put a guy like Jokic uh, in there. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. You'll have guys that are MVP candidates who barely make the all-star team. Yeah, you're definitely right. And going into the all-star game, like you said, KD is getting replaced to something for his injury and stuff. But the Nets still, the Nets still, you know, last night they lost to Dallas because I guess Kyrie had a shoulder thing. He was out or something. Before that, they reeled off eight straight wins. And I think it's kind of, I think James Harden's kind of running the show there or something. He's kind of taking the reins there. There's no KD. I don't know if he played in any of those eight games. Did KD play in any of those games? Maybe the first one, if any. So James yeah. Harden's kind of taking the Yeah, he's been out for a while, KD, and I'm not sure uh, when he's coming back. Uh, but like you said, Harden's kind of taking over the team, which obviously he's shown that he's capable of doing. That's what he did. Uh, most of his career in Houston um, and even in OKC if you remember down the stretch in a lot of those games um, when it was him, Katie and Russ Arden was, was had the ball in his hands a lot of times down the stretch in those games um, so I'm not surprised there. I'm a little concerned about the next though, not so much about Katie's hamstring but hearing about Kyrie's shoulder um, worries me a little bit because that's the same. This is the shoulder injury keeps popping up. I know he's had some type of shoulder impingements, whatever it is in the past. Um, so 
but I see him missing a game now, which due to shoulder recovery, as they call it, is a little concerning. I think KD will be back um, from the hamstring, no need to rush him back. But I, I just hope Kyrie is healthy um, to finish up the second half of the season going into the playoffs. A little concerning. Not only that, I'm a little concerned, obviously, about the depth of the Nets uh, in the front court as well. I still think they need to make another move or, or two there to shore up that front line if they can that front court. But overall, yeah, Harden is taking over and they, they look pretty good. James Harden has ended his game while sacrificing. Yeah, it's a good point, yeah. You know, we, you know, him being Houston, we living in, in the East Coast, you see him maybe on you know, Sunday nights or certain, certain things through the night on TNT. But him being now being in Brooklyn, you see him way more often now. Yeah. So we got by him way more often, by him more than he could have in the past in Houston. And that guy is outstanding. Yeah. I wasn't even a big James Harden fan. He's, he's, I'm a Harden fan now, or at least giving him his flowers. This, this guy can do Everything. Yeah. Nice playing defense. He's, he's a he's a point guard. Yeah. He's a point. He, he got vision. He makes people better. He can shoot. You know, he can score at will. You know, he, he's not selfish. He, you know, he, he he elevated his game and still sacrificed at the same time and made the team better. When Kyrie's when Kyrie go, when Kyrie says, listen, you the point guard while on the court, it says a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Agreed. I would agree. I definitely agree. To Kyrie's uh, credit, he realized, listen, I'm better off playing the two guard position like James played one. Yeah. 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 Than, than, uh, I'm better than Kyrie. He just is, always was. Just is. Yeah. Yeah. He was just following oh. But James Harden played one. James Harden played one. Playoff time, though, you got to show up, though, man. You got your numbers though, but times times shots. So the playoff time. But the season, man, you can always do your thing though. But you know, but right now, balling out, man. Props to you. Yeah. yeah. Kareem Walker, you know, having to make runs and stuff, and we've been hearing about some different trades and different things out there, or whatever. I mean, one thing I'm hearing about is Kyle Lowry to the Sixers. You know, in particular, I mean, when I look at that deal, I don't think that, I, I personally don't think that takes them over the edge, you know, or puts them over the level. I think it'll stabilize that position, but how's it going to work with Ben Simmons handling the ball most of the time, too? I actually, I, I like Lowry going over there, but that's a good point. I haven't quite figured out what do you do with Ben Simmons at that point? Do you move him to, what, what position does he, he go to? Because if, it makes no sense, let's say, to bring in Lowry and still have the ball predominantly in Simmons' hands. Lowry is a decent shooter, but you don't need him to play spot-up shooter. You're bringing him in, like you said, to shore up the point guard position. Um, but I like the move in the sense that Lowry is from Philly, um, so you're bringing him home. The guy is tough, Lowry. He's another guy. He's a great defender, too. Um, so I, I, I like it from that respect, from that regard, but like you said, I'm not quite sure what you do with Ben Simmons then. Because um, we all know ben, ben Simmons can't shoot. 
Uh, if the ball is in Lowry's hands, what is Simmons doing? Is he posting up? Is he standing in the corner? I don't know what you what you do. Uh, so I guess that's on Dot Rivers to figure out if they do bring in Lowry. But overall, I like it because I, I like the toughness that Lowry brings to that team. He's, I think he's a good leader, Lowry. And that's something that Philly, come playoff times, always seems to lack. Um, and B gets into his antics where he starts getting a little immature out there doing certain things. Um, and I think a guy like Lowry kind of sort of keep him in check with some of that stuff, yeah. as well as uh, Doc Rivers, too, being the coach. Um, so from that regard, I like it. I just, like you mentioned, you know, I don't know how Ben Simmons fits into that equation. Uh, Surprisingly, I don't, I think, I'm not a big Lowry fan, but I respect his game. And uh, he, he played well last year, if he was going to win a championship. Um, he could spot in that corner, man, you know? Let, let Ben Simmons run the point. Fast break, he, he can run out to the spot, point three, shoot that three. Or even vice versa, depending on how the ball, how the ball bounces, you know, he gets the rebound, he runs the fast break. If Ben Simmons is on the fast break, he's gonna finish. Yeah, he'll fill the finish, so I'm quite sure Ben will mind, you know what I'm saying, uh, running, running, on a, running, running on the sidelines with uh, Larry passing the ball for a dunk or a layup or put back where it is, you know, so. I can see it happening. I don't think it's a big, big issue that people realize. I don't think um, Lyle will come into the team trying to focus on the point guard. You know, if they have to understand he could be in the post. The problem in the post took the big boy. You know, he draws up the team, kick out to the lobby spot up. You know, and his jump shot. But uh, it could work. I can see it working for sure. I, I think both of yeah. them make good points because I, I, when I look at it, Kareem brought it up and you were saying that Lowry would adapt to what's going on. I think what Lowry probably would bring to them is similar to what Jimmy Butler did. If it, Jimmy Butler was getting statistics, but at the same time, he was keeping the team together and kind of controlling these guys and reining them in and stuff like that. So Lowry could do that. And then, again, like you said, I don't think Lowry's going to go out there and try to assert himself and say, I'm the point guard. So he pretty much would get him wherever he fit him. But it, it probably would work with him. I don't know if it would take, you know, catapult them to the top, but right. I, I think I think it would work for them, though. Uh, some of the other things that I see going on in the league is I think that a team like, if you look at a team like the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Nets, and those maxed out teams, I think they're waiting kind of for that buyout market. Because they really yeah. capped right now, I know. They said the Nets have some kind of trade exception, but realistically, I mean, to to find, I don't even know if you could find a big man that you would want at those type of prices or something. I mean, do you want Hassan Whiteside? Apparently nobody seems to want Hassan Whiteside or something. I mean, I think a, a lot of things, you know, I think, um, I think the Lakers might be getting an injury exception too or something, they have one of those. So I, I think you'll see a lot more in the buyout market. I don't know if um, I heard an interesting one this week too about the Knicks considering whether they should trade for Andre Drummond and whether he fit in with the chemistry of the team or whatever. I, mean, I don't know if just I don't personally just know how that would work. I think it, I think you know from a skill standpoint it definitely would work, but you would you would have to change the future would change dramatically. Like I couldn't see you bringing in Andre Drummond and not want to trade to sign him long term. And what's it mean? If you bought an Andre Drummond and consider him signing long term, what does that say for like Mitchell Robinson or something? One thing uh, with the Knicks from 
reading the headlines uh, pretty much every hour on hour. We're pretty much at this point interested in everybody. Before logging on, I heard uh, Woj put something out saying that we were on the verge of attempting to trade for Ola Depot, which I don't mind. Um, I think Ola Depot is a two-way player. He would add a lot to the team at the two slide RK to three. Um, then there was the CJ McCollum rumors out there. Zach Levine, Bradley Bill, um, like you mentioned, Andre Drummond. <laughs> you go down the line, anybody who may be available is, is on the Knicks radar at this point. But as it pertains to Drummond uh, in particular, I like the idea of it in the sense that um, I think Mitchell Robinson is a, a young, up-and-coming center. I don't know if they'll ever statistically be as good as Drummond. Um, like, I don't see Mitch averaging 17, 18 points and 15 rebounds, you know, for a season. I don't know if I see that one. And I don't know if on the Knicks roster, if you build it out the right way, you need to see that from um, I think you just need the rim protection and, and rebounding for the most part. And then on the offensive end, him just dive into the hole for, for hoops here and there. I think that's good enough. If you bring Drummond in, um, one of the reasons why I do like it is I've watched some games um, go back to the first game against the Pacers to start the season out, and I've seen Sabonis just completely bullying uh, Mitch down there. I think Mitch has to get stronger if we do keep him to contend with some of the big boys. I think uh, like he uh, pushes him around a bit. He does to a lot of people. But uh, Drummond, I think, is a little stronger down there, so I don't know if he'll be able to do that to Drummond. And that's one of the adjustments we made. Um, if you notice, when we play the paces now, we put Randall on Sabonis, right? Who's a lot stronger, and he can't barrel through Rand's chest while we, we won the last two games. But I think Drummond helps out there in terms of physicality in the paint. Um, I also like him because he's from New York, right? He's from Mount, Mount Vernon, so to see a guy come home, um, who's a, I think he's a borderline all-star type of talent. To see him come home and play for the Knicks is it's exciting. The guy grew up as a Knicks fan. So I'm not opposed to that. But if you do it, like you said, you gotta figure out what you're gonna do with Mitch. Um, Cause I don't think those two can coexist. I think Drummond and Randall can, for the simple fact that Randall can play from outside. Randall has a perimeter game. Um, he posts up a good amount, but he also can knock down the mid-range in three. Um, so I think they can coexist. If you decide to go that route, then I think you have to trade um, Mitch for either picks, some young talent, maybe a small forward. Seems like we're, we're lacking there at the small forward position. Um, so yeah, I'm not opposed to bringing Drummond in. I like the idea. I don't know if that's how it should be our number one priority. But at the same time, depending on how long it is out, I would say uh, we got to do something at that sense of position, whether it's drumming or not, because I don't think Noel uh, can continue to play as well as he has. And then uh, you think back to yesterday, Gibson just went down with an ankle injury, so I'm not sure if he's back or not. We got to do something at the center position. Or maybe drumming it is. The buyout market is still for big men right now. You know, Lakers, all Routine. You can use a sign right side. Uh, yep. Drummond. Yep. That's, that's my next cut three guys that have space to so I can sign Drummond, so to speak. Yeah. You know, even right side, I, I think right side, you know, uh, being, being uh, 
what they don't have right now because it's quite hot. Uh, McGee and uh, Howard might be available again to do a trade or maybe do a buy as well. No. So yeah. I guess White Sox can go for him as well. Maybe he can act like Howard and McGee is a buy to point out. I haven't heard that, but something going on out there. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, over to the Knicks. I have no problem. I don't want to trade for him. I got you. He's bought and we signed him. The add ons were really we have love that. Love that. no problem. But, um, I think him and Randall will be a very good yeah. uh, you know, with size and both tough. So, yeah. Then, on the front line, you know, trade for him. Um, I really don't want to do that. Maybe because I like him a lot. You know, uh, I'm like Obi Tato, but then again, he's, he's a rookie, so give him a chance. You know, so long. Um, if I have if I had my um, poker scenario, I'd rather him get uh, opted out and sign for free agency. Yeah, I, I, I understand what you're saying, Theo. Because you don't really want to give up any young assets or anything to get Drummond. Because if you if you do, you're locked in. If you give up assets for him, you have to sign him. You can't just give up players and you know and stuff and then let them go. Because then you're gonna you're gonna hit a lot of a lot of heat for that one. But if you wait till after the season and you sign them, it is it, a little different. And then you got a different situation that you you have kind of like the upper hand in that one. Right. I think the only thing that uh that we've been burned with in the past is waiting for these guys to come with up, uh, come to us versus going out and getting them. That's the only thing I'm concerned about is you let them hit that market, let a couple of teams uh sit down and get in his ear, there's a chance we may not get him, which I wouldn't be necessarily disappointed about because I, I don't think we quote unquote meet a uh, drummer with Mitch there. Um, but whoever we're, we're going after, I think we're probably going to have to get one of these type of guys via, via trade, unfortunately, because um, I don't think we can continue to rely on free agency. We're only setting ourselves up for failure. But I do think uh, there is now probably a better chance than, than ever for us to get one of these guys through free agency because like the second you know, we're kind of trending in the right direction that's appealing to, to be free agents so um, I think that helps out I think right right now I think a guy like um, you know what we do all the teams we're mentioning a guy like Robin Lopez that if you brought him in you could still have Mitch be the starter Robin Lopez is used to being a backup and stuff like that he comes in, he provides some toughness, rebounds, defends, and he's not necessarily looking to be a scorer. So if you could find a guy like that, I don't know if Washington's willing to part with him, but that's that's, that's kind of like the ideal guy, I guess, for all of these teams. The guy to come in and do the dirty work that doesn't necessarily want to get shots. So another ideal type of guy. Another big that's supposedly available, not so much on the, uh, the buyout market, is... Um, it is Miles Turner, right? Wow. Because I don't think uh, I don't think the Pacers extended him, um, right? I, I don't believe he's on an extension, and if he is, I think they're kind of um, looking at some bonus as a potential um, starter at the center position. So I think Miles Turner is supposedly available too, and he's leading the league in blocks. So a team that needs some rim protection. If you have a few assets. Um, may want to look that way. Who knows? Maybe uh, 
maybe the Nets could somehow get in on that by dangling Spencer Dinwiddie out there. Supposedly Dinwiddie's available in a trade to potentially bring in a big. Makes sense because you don't need Dinwiddie um, as much as you needed him before in the Nets. So he's another another big that may be available. Turner. How about how about this guy? What guys opinion on this real quick? Obi Toppin, Mitchell Robinson, and number one pick for Carter. You know what? I mean, if I could get that done, I would love to do that. That would that would be great. I think you know I, tell you the truth, I don't think even if they were to do the deal, I don't think it would take much more than that. You, you understand what I mean? The crazy yeah, thing is, uh, that's one of the rumors that I didn't hear what pieces would potentially be involved, but that's supposedly one of the things that the Knicks are looking into, because again, we're looking into everybody. But Towns is on that list. Um, and I also heard as it pertains to the Victor Oladipo um, thing, the reason why he's available because Houston tried to offer him a two-year extension for the max that they put, which was, I believe, $45 million, and he turned it down. Because he wants, obviously, a longer-term deal. Um, so now he's definitely available because they tried to uh, offer him the extension, and he said, thanks, but no thanks. Um, but yeah, as it pertains to Towns, I would do that, that deal in a heartbeat. You know, he's another guy you're essentially bringing home because he's from New Jersey. Yeah. I grew up a Knicks fan, so I, I would love Towns in the Knicks uniform. I mean, on the Oladipo thing, I think some of these guys are really overvaluing themselves. Like, I mean, yeah, I think he's gonna hurt himself. He, if he got a two-year, forty-five million dollar offer, I mean, he gonna go out there and get a four-year, sixty million dollar offer. Like, I don't know what he's thinking. I don't. I, I could if he, I couldn't see a team giving him no five hundred and twenty-five million dollar deal. A guy that's you know first season off an of injury, that granted, I mean he's a good, he's a really good player, but he's not irreplaceable. Like you don't pay a guy twenty five million dollars to do what you could probably get in another. Like I give you a perfect example. Quigley's a rookie, right? I'm just using him as an example, right? But it, and he's probably making like two million dollars. Is Oladipo twenty three million dollars better than him? I mean, no, the thing I about say, yeah. if you look at all the guards on the Knicks, is he $23 million better than Alec Burks? So, when you, when he is better than those guys, but I wouldn't say $23, you know, $23 million, Burke. Um, yeah. I do think Victor Oladipo is a, he's a, he would be a great addition to the Knicks, I would say, because he's a two way player. So, I think he would fit in perfectly with Gibbs. Um, he plays both ends of the court. He would immediately come in and probably be one of our best perimeter um, defenders. Um, so another thing I like about him is uh, Oladipo could create his own shot as well. Um, I got a proposal for you then. Think of this one. Oladipo for $25 million per, it looks like. It's gotta be, because if they offered him 22 and a half, it's gotta be like 25. You know that Zach Levine's deal is only for 18 million per, right? Would you take Ola Depot over Zach Levine? No. I, I would. <laughs> the only thing with, uh, with Zach Levine, and as excited as I was that he made the All-Star uh, game, because I think he's deserving, by doing so, the price for him went up. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. So now, if you're, if you're the Knicks and you're trying to engage with Chicago on a trade to somehow pry him away, the price went up dramatically, given that this guy is an All-Star now. Um, yeah, that, that's true. 
That being said, Zach Levine, the last year of his deal is next year. So he's got to be in that same boat where he, oh, he's, he's going to have the money. Yeah, yeah he's going to have money. But the Bulls, the Bulls better do something quick because if he really doesn't have any intentions on re-signing back with them, they're going to have to move him or lose him. Um, yeah. I think a lot of these teams that that's gonna it's gonna be that's gonna be an issue for them because you got guys coming to their own at the right time. So think about it, Chicago's kind of caught. They're moving forward and stuff and they're growing. And now you're gonna come down to do we scrap this whole thing and start from the beginning, or do we pay them the money? And plus, if they let them get to unrestricted, they're not gonna even have that option. Yeah, he's. Exactly. He's he's out. I don't see him. Uh, well, you gotta figure somebody. Somebody eventually is gonna take OKC's money. <laughs> yeah, somebody's gonna take that money because they got no salaries. They got Al Horford who'll probably be traded last next year because he's in the end of that contract and no other salaries. So they could easily go out there and build a team in one year just because they could take on some salaries. They got pieces too. They're the point guard. Yep. Yeah, Alexander is good. They're gonna have to pay him, but yeah, he's there. He's good. Yep. So that, that's that's the type of team I would be be concerned about. Because I mean, there are some other guys available. I heard the Spurs are kind of trying to see gauge what they could get for DeRozan and Lamarcus Aldridge. They're both out there. I mean, the only problem with trading them is they both still owe a good amount. Well, they both put them in the last year of the deals, I think. But that's still like $10 million, a lot of money for the rest of the season for both of them. And I, I'm looking at it now, I, I wouldn't, I don't blame them for necessarily gauging to see uh, what's out there for those two guys. Uh, but they're right now, I'm looking at it, they're the fifth seed in the West. Do you <laughs> really want to, I don't think they're the entire contenders, but do you want to, uh, as the fifth seed, start going to make reckless moves just for the sake of it? Unless somebody blows you away with an offer for either yeah. one of those guys. And from them, I'm, I'm holding on to them and just riding it out. We're in, yeah. we're in the playoffs right now. We're playing out. Yeah, that's true. So... This week, Theo brought up an interesting question. We got a couple of guys out there in NFL that's looking. One guy is making me laugh. Russell Wilson is, 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 is crazy. And we got Deshaun Watson. Russell Wilson is the only person in the world that doesn't want to get traded. But if I do, I got four teams that I would like to go to. But I don't want to get traded, though. But if, I mean, I never heard of such foolishness. And you got Deshaun Watson. I mean, out of those two, who, who would you want? Who would you want if you had to trade? If you could trade for either one of those guys right now? Oh, that's a good question. I'm I'm a bit conflicted on it because on one hand I like Watson. Um, little he's younger than Wilson. Um, not as much experience, but he's, he's definitely top-notch quarterback. But on the other hand, I do like Wilson's uh, experience. The guy is a winner. Um, and they have similar type of talent in terms of being able to get out of the pocket and stuff like that, throw the ball down the field. So I, I like them both. Um, that's a tough decision. As a Jets uh, fan, I'll take either one. To be honest, Vegas can't be choosers. Um, but if I had to pick, I would probably go with, uh, with Wilson. If I had to pick. But I like them both. I, I would take either one in the heartbeat. Uh, I would go with Russ. Um, 
I think um, Deshaun had his moments to win, a, win some playoff games, and he really hasn't. He has, he has won. Um, Russ is just, is just a winner, man. He, uh, Russ has carried the team more than Sean yeah. It has, I mean, Hopkins is way better than Rocket <laughs> receiver wise. So, you know, Russ has less less, time, less help from the receiver position than um, Sean had. Sean had Stills and he had other guys as well. He even had a running game. But, um, Right now, we know uh, Russ's older outboard run based on what he's proven. He's proven more than what Sean has right now. The only reason why I would consider maybe going with, with Deshaun is because Russ has taken a lot of hits. So, what's him Accumulation of hits over time. I mean, for me to bring on Russ, I will have to make sure I had a short up offensive line. Because to bring them in and take a bunch of hits again or something, eventually your body, whether you you know, courageous and the stuff you could do, your body's gonna answer or take that toll. But I think Russ has been the most sacked quarterback in like the last six years. Sean too, by the way, too. He yeah, they are. Yeah, they both been sacked way too, way, way too much. Right. And, and it is like in a situation where you want to win right now, you taking Russ. That's that's not even you know. I don't even think that's debatable. Yeah. He, like you said, he's a winner. He knows how to do it. He's proof that he can do it. But the, my only concern would be whether, whether like, well, let's say a team like the Jets, we'd have to draft another tackle or something to go with Beckton to make sure this man could stand up because we couldn't even hold Sam Dono up. So, <laughs> so I would want to bring him in there just to get sacked a bunch of times. I would love to see him get out there and be able to play, you know, the way we know he's capable of. Because in the beginning of the season last year, I, I, a week ago, back in the year, I thought he was the MVP. I thought he was the MVP of the league. And then it seemed like the offensive line deteriorated. I don't know if somebody got hurt or whatever or something. And he's running for his life for the, like, the last eight games or something. So it's, it comes down to, like, if we get the, if we get somebody to protect him or any team has somebody. If he can go to a team that has somebody decent to protect him, he'll probably be the MVP of the league. Yeah, I would agree. Um, one of the reasons that I and y'all both touched on it that I like them on the Jets is uh, even if they didn't necessarily win a Super Bowl or anything like that, I think he'll uh, he'll change the culture of that franchise. I would say, um, given that he's a winner. Again, I think Watson can do the same, um, but Wilson being a proven winner, stuff like that, I, I think he would change the culture. That being said, in terms of production um, on the Jets, I don't care who we bring in, we gotta get some offensive weapons. You know, you could bring in Kate Manning in his prime, but no weapons around him. I don't know, you know, how well they'll produce. So no matter who, who's shooting up for the Jets um, at the quarterback position next season, we, we gotta get some offensive talent. Um, which is a little scary in a sense, given that Saleh, um, another defensive-minded guy, <laughs> which is great and all, but at the same time, at some point, you gotta get offensive talent. No running back, no real, in my opinion, number one receiver on the team. Something has to change at some point on that side of the ball. Yeah, I think Saleh and Deshaun have a history together. Yeah. Yeah. 
college, maybe if I cut strong, I'll probably go back. But um, at least the is aware that the team's weakness is more offensive than defense. Yeah. He's a very proven defensive-minded person, so just have he's already in on the defense, so that's really not the issue. So I think I'm quite sure he's aware that focus more on offense and uh, get some more younger, younger legs. Well, yeah, because yeah, I mean, well, somebody's like just looking at different through mock drafts and stuff. Uh, the court, they don't, I, I mean, I don't, I was about to watch the, they got the Jets right now. I think, I do think that the, um, the, with this guy's errors over as the quarterback, they got the Jets possibly taking Wilson. I think his name is Zach Wilson from BYU. Very good quarterback. Yeah, I think he's good. Yeah, I think he's good. And then they actually have the Jets going offense again and taking, I think, Najee Harris from Alabama, I think, something like that, the running back. That's, so, that's good. That's good. Yeah, that, that, right. yeah, that would change. Uh, I think, Theo, you brought it up um, a while back where you mentioned um, even if we kept Donald using the, the two picks we have on, on both the Alabama, the wide receiver and running back. I wouldn't be opposed to that either. Donald, I, I think we need that much help on the offensive yeah. side of the ball. So I wouldn't even be opposed to, to what Theo mentioned a while back. I was yeah. to pick on a receiver and running back from Alabama. You know what happens then, right? If you pick, if you at least get the talent around, let's say Donald's not the answer, you can always get rid of him and get another guy next year. So you got to get one of the two. You got to either get the quarterback or you got to get the talent or a combination of both. Because because if you stick with Don Noah, nobody wants to hear that he never got the talent around him stuff. You know, oh, they never gave him the receivers or the running back. If you can't, th- I mean, I watched him. He just, to me, he just can't make certain throws. Like, I think I think one of the things starts with a quarterback or a playbook is you got to be able to make all the throws. If you can make all the throws, it makes the offense a lot easier to go through. But if you can't, if you can't get the ball down to like, I've watched some of those games when we had Anderson on the Jets. There's plenty of times that he had a different quarterback that those would have been touchdowns instead of 45-yard passes. Yeah. I got to slow up. <laughs> slow up and catch the ball back there as opposed to stride forward and keep going. I don't know if he has the arm strength, but I do know that he was in the Wilson kids got like tremendous arm strength. So, the scary you guys. What do you think about, um, I, uh, there's a debate about Wilson and Justin Fields, right? And the debate is, Wilson looked really good, but the competition that he faced was different than what Justin Fields faced. What do you think of that? Uh, I guess the first thing I want to touch on the Donald thing one more time is, what was scary is you said um, about his arm strength, that was a bit scary, right? That he can't make all the throws. And I say it's scary because he also can't make any of the reads, really. That's the rap on him, right? Is that he, he stares down as number one receiver. And if that guy is not open, then, then it's a busted play. He can't, he, he can't, you know, go to his second and third option. Um, so that's a little scary as it pertains to Donald. Which brings to the next point, like we said, with, with Wilson and Fields is, all I know is I, I want a guy who can, uh, go through his progressions. I don't care who it is. Um, we got to get a guy in there who could at least move a little bit, who's not like a pocket passer, 
uh, at least not strictly a pocket pass, especially given our offensive line at the moment. Uh, but we need a guy who's mobile, and we also need a guy who can go through progressions. Um, if Wilson, I haven't seen enough footage on him, but if Wilson is a guy who has all the arm strength in the world, but he only can throw to the, the, the number one receiver, then I'll pass on him. Um, same thing with Fields. So I, whichever one can, can do defenses and, and hit the open man based on progressions, that's the guy I want personally. I like Wilson. I see him play a lot. I'm a, I'm a fan of his. He can make all the throws. He's in the pocket. He can scramble for. Yeah, he's pretty moment. He can make a lot of time. I, I, I'm a big fan of his. I won't mind seeing the Jets. Uh, uh, have him. Uh, I've seen reports, but I said his skin is more like Drew Brees. Nice. Silly, with like a, a, a stronger, better arm, a stronger arm. Uh, just a few that I've seen. They said that he can pair him to uh, Dak Prescott with a, with a stronger arm. Could you guys feel, but, you know, as far as company's concerned, BYU is a good school. They pop down all the time. So, okay. could you good? You know, look, look at uh, Marcus Lawrence, Forrest State. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> good, man. It's a matter, man. God's a great time. Philly's good. Go, Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. Directly, directly to the Dallas Cowboys fan. Mm-hmm. Would you consider trading that Prescott? Because I've heard some, some craziness like that about possibly trading Dak Prescott and taking another one of these other guys. Would you consider doing that? I like Dak Prescott. I think he's a back-end top-ten quarterback. Yeah. I think he's shown that he can make plays. As far as comical, so the Randall defense, this is why he's always on the offense, this is why he's always on the field all the time. Offense, <laughs> so I think he just can't stop those lot. Yeah. The problem is not really the money, the problem is the years. <laughs> I got you. We went from four years, now it's three years. Cowboys oh, they, he got even lower now? No, no, I'm here three years. Oh, now, wow. Cowboys were five years because with five years, you can restructure his contract to get other players. So you can't do much restructuring for a three-year deal. Yeah, you know, that's so true. I don't think they want mine to be $40 million. At the end of the day, it's a market price. No matter how you feel about it. Yeah. Yanya Reem is worth 15 million, he's 30 worth 10. Ain't about that. Market value 15. Just get a man 39 million or 40 million and move on. What's gonna happen is you're gonna wind up losing this kid. Yeah, that's the Attack him again. You can't attack him a third time. <laughs> you'll let him come back from a broken ankle and, and, and ball out, and then you don't even sign him. You're not like him on 45 million. Yeah. See, you know what I want to talk about the franchise tag thing? I think that years ago it used to be looked at as like a an anchor. But if you smart, look at what her cousins did. Her cousins are probably one of the richest quarterbacks in the history of football. He played on two he played what three two um two um of those um franchise tags and made sixty million dollars. Yeah. And then went to the fight and got another guaranteed eighty million dollars? Guaranteed. The whole company. Yeah. Yeah. The whole deal was guaranteed. The whole deal. The whole deal. So this dude made $144 million in five years. Yeah. yeah. Franchise tagged me every year at $35, 40000000 million. Yeah, exactly. That's why people like Dak Prescott won't want that. If he wants a three-year deal, you're going to tell me that with the Ravens quarterback size, he's not going to take a franchise tag of $38 million? That's what it is this year. Yeah, he's going to take that. 
I, I, I don't see him leaving. Oh, yeah. But the way they're going about it, man, they're going to piss this kid off, man. You know what the hell we got? I'm going, man. There's some teams that just fall back away. Put, put Prescott on the bench right now. Oh, yeah. 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 You know, I, know the, I know the Colts got went, but put Prescott on the Colts right now. Yeah. I will tell you this. If the Jets don't draft a quarterback and, and they play that game with him, you know, the Jets will definitely pay him the money. You said the kid. I, yeah, I would. Yeah. I think he can make plays. I think he's a small player too, you know. And also too, he he he's a he, he gets guys revved up for the game. He guys ready, motivated, team player. He's um, uh, yeah, what looking for. But uh, he gets you hyped. You ready for the game? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So uh, listen, anybody who wants Dak, man, or have Dak in his squad is an asset. Yeah. And he he earned an additional ten million per just by going down how bad they look without he earned more money by, by being injured you know right right yeah he definitely did because he was to me he was another guy at the beginning of the season before he got hurt he was up there for the mvp too easy, easy. He, was, he was playing outstanding yeah like this too but you guys move on um i would not trade back a rush either because i think russ has five more years compared to that has 10 more years. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, even Watson too. You know, Watson has ten more years. I think. I think. Uh, yeah, Russ has five good more years to prepare for Dak and Russ on um, short ten. So, and you know what? It's, it's funny you say that because that's probably one of the possible scenarios that's out there, especially after Russ said one of the teams he will play for the Cowboys. Yeah, he's just trying to move. He's just trying to do what he wants. I said, I don't see. <laughs> Yeah, some of his decisions were kind of crazy, though. He did, wasn't it the Cowboys, the Saints, um, the Bears, I think? Yeah, those two for sure. I recall those two. The Cowboys, the Saints, the Bears, and who was the fourth team? That probably sure. So, was San Fran? Was it, yeah, it was San Fran, yeah. So, I mean, I guess those might be places he wants to live. <laughs> oh, Sierra wants to live one of the two, right? Yeah, one of the two or something. <laughs> Let me ask you Jeff fans real quick. They said Garoppolo. Who you rather have right now? Garoppolo, Darno, or a Kubi for the draft? You know what's funny? It's, it's crazy because if I can get Garoppolo for not a lot, I'll take him and draft him or draft for another position in need. Because to me, I think Garoppolo, he's, Garoppolo's not, we've seen he can play. He can make all the throws. He can really play. It's just that getting past that injury thing, if you get him a decent backup, I'll take Garoppolo. Right. But plus two, he knows the offense already. Right. So that, that helps. Yeah. Right. Right. Plus, I mean, especially with all this COVID stuff, you don't like the practice time and all that stuff's going to be an issue. I would take Garoppolo, and if I, if I could get another player with a second pick that would be more helpful, or even trade that for some other picks, you know, more in the first round and stuff like that, I think I would take Garoppolo. Yeah, me too. I would probably take him for, like you said, I'm not going to give him. You know. He might get cut, I heard, or something. I wouldn't trade no second pick for no Garoppolo. That I wouldn't do. I don't say get cut either. I'm sorry, man. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say uh, pretty much what you guys already said. I would take him. Uh, Kenyatta hit all the points. I would take him for cheap and choose the picks um, elsewhere because we need that much help. I might even give him that late first-round pick, that 23rd pick. I might give him that for Garoppolo. I would do that. Yeah, I, I, I might do that too. 
Find out that I think he really will have some options. I mean, he was smart. He was smart to take one of those Bridgewater water type of deals. Bridgewater got like a four-year deal for sixty million. They guaranteed like forty of it. Because right. if you never become a major player in the game again, you got enough money that you build for life. Right. Yeah. So, that's what if I was him, that's what I'd be looking at. Who's gonna pay me? Who's gonna give me the most guaranteed money? Listen, I I know everybody's dream is to be a starter and all the rest of this stuff. But think about the dude that's on the fast now that was um the backup on the Eagles. He went out there. Yeah, Foles went out there when that Super Bowl got that big money. I don't think he cares whether he starts, sits, or anything now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he cashed in. Um, yeah. And on top of it, like you said, he already got his brand. So yep. I think he cares. He's so deep down inside. I'm sure deep down inside, most of these guys would like to start. Um, so I think in order to make it to this league and be successful, you have to believe in yourself. So I think they would like to start at the same time. I don't think he's losing any sleep over it, that's for sure. Yeah. Would the Patriots take a chance on Ryan Fitzpatrick? I think he's still serviceable. Um, if they can't get anyone else, then why not? Uh, Fitzpatrick has been around, that's for sure. Um, why not? Ball, we know that. I like Ryan a lot. <laughs> I like the one he gets. Um, yeah, I like Ryan a lot. You know, Miami. He's competitive. He's more of a gamma. He's a gamma, too. He'll, he'll throw balls real tight in the pocket, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Fit in the balls. The passes, should say. Um, but if you get Ryan Fitzpatrick with a good O-line, you can control his attempts. You'll have to throw the ball 40 times in the game. You don't want that. Yeah. Maybe at 25, 30 times, depending on how the game is flowing. You know, run game. He could be a problem, man. He, 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 he could be a problem, man. He could win games. He could, yep. he could be problems with the right setup. He could be a problem. He really can. I agree. Yep. So, we had another thing happen this week that was kind of like, listen, a, a, a tragic thing. Listen, we had Tiger Woods and we him in the car accident. I mean, for one thing, it's good to hear that he's in positive spirits. I mean, for the next thing, this 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 is one thing I was glad to hear because every time somebody gets in an accident or something else, or especially it seems like with Tiger Woods, it's always some kind of negativity around it. So I was glad to hear it didn't involve anything about alcohol or drugs or anything like that. Because I'm yeah. sure that's the first thing that people would jump into when they first heard about it. Yeah, unfortunately, like you said, that's one of the things that came to mind for me. Then I started thinking a little more. I said, man, this happened at 7 o'clock in the morning. Tiger's, you know, drinking at 7 o'clock in the morning. So then I said, maybe it's not that. Uh, but like you said, um, I'm glad it's not that. I'm glad he's alive. He's alive, um, given the circumstances, looking at the car. So healthy recovery, hopefully, for him. And, and uh, hopefully we see him back. Uh, playing golf, and even if he if he never touches the field again, um, just him being able to um, be with his family, be with his kids, um, that's most important. I would say. So glad he's uh, glad he's alive. Yes, I'm glad to know that it wasn't alcohol involved. It wasn't involved. Um, Tiger Woods was a very golfer, and bad back for this. Yeah. 
you have, you know, two two fractured legs and two pins in your ankle. And he broke a bone. Got it right now. people almost never break like the biggest bones in your body and you go out there he's never going to feel the same regardless whether he plays or not he will never feel the same so even I mean it it would be years before he even tried to play I mean the only thing he's got going for him in this is that golf seems to be like an ageless game where you could be any age playing that's the only thing he's got going for him but why even put yourself through that he had he had like like you said he had a back surgery like maybe a month before the car accident. Mm-hmm. I think that was good back surgery or something like that. So, yeah. what a pity. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. I think he was going to, a, he was for a video shoot with Drew Brees and the kid for the Chargers. They were saying, um, quarterback Herbert. Yeah. On the radio when they first happened, he played for Herbert and Drew Brees, man. Dang, yeah. he almost hit somebody when he peeled out. <laughs> I know he the, the day before they said he was playing golf with Dwayne Wade. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was playing with Dwayne Wade the day before. But you know it was nice today. It was nice today that I think they, they agreed to wear that red Tiger Tiger Woods red shirt for Sunday. Yeah, yeah I did that see that. Nice. Yeah, that was a good gesture that they did. Right. That was nice. Yeah. Yeah. So guys, again, it's always great talking to you. Any last words for you, Kareem or Theo for this week? Um just again, it's a pleasure being here with you guys to discuss sports given circumstances we're living in today. So excited to be here for another week uh, on the show. Much it for me. Yeah, uh, uh, rest in peace to uh, Lewis Dix, the cool player that was found dead in a hotel bed. Young guy, four years in NFL. Very good college player, Notre Dame. I remember him in college. He was very good in college. Excellent. So, you can think of Jaguars and Giants. Rest in peace to him. Hopefully, got no foul play with, with, with his passing. Well, so, so listen, you know me. I love the show, man. I can talk and stuff. Man. Go for it. 
Hey, for me again, like you guys, it was great talking to you guys or something. We get to talk about stuff we enjoy, get to sports and different things like that. You know, okay. a lot of people do that. I put this, on, this on, 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 on our uh, IG page. Who had the first step? Bernard Kane or Jimmy? Hmm. Oh. Uh, we I, I, you know what? I mean, that's a tough one, man. That's a tough one because James Worthy, I think that was most of his game, that first step. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to throw another guy in there now. Dominique Wilkins. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, cause sure. these, these guys wasn't the ball handling guys. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I will tell you this: <laughs> the most, the most well, all around best play out of that, and people will be surprised. I'm gonna have to say Bernard King out of all around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Put yeah. Bernard King out of put Bernard King on LAT with 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 magic. But again, guys, I enjoy talking to you guys. We get to talk about everything. That's a good question, Theo. Let's see, I'm going to have me thinking about that. I'm going to come up with one next week. <laughs> one next week. Go out there. Hey, thanks a lot, guys. Listen, I'll talk to you guys again next week. Yes, sir. Enjoy, fellas. What?